Welcome to Every Quarter, the voice of Andover, Phillips Academy's official podcast where we share the compelling stories, thoughts, and ideas of our faculty, alumni, students, and distinguished campus guests. Our monthly show features candid conversations on current events, academia, and Andover's connection to important matters happening around the world. If you like what we do, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a review, comment, and rating. Your feedback helps promote every quarter and helps us tell the type of stories you want to hear. Grit has been a popular buzzword these past few years. The concept isn't exactly new. Perseverance, willingness to learn, passion, positively dealing with adversity, these are all characteristics that we typically associate with good students and people for that matter. While we may have anecdotally known this for a while, scientific research is now confirming that grit is gold. Angela Duckworth is the Christopher H. Brown Distinguished Professor of Psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. She's also the founder and CEO of Character Lab, a nonprofit whose mission is to advance the science and practice of character development. Duckworth studies grit and self-control, two attributes that are distinct from IQ and yet powerfully predict success and well-being. She recently visited Phillips Academy to talk about her research and present to the community. Before hitting the stage, Duckworth sat down with history and social science instructor and Tang Institute fellow Noah Rocklin to dive deeper into her thesis. Welcome. Uh, on behalf of everybody here, thank you for taking the time. So I just wanted to start with, for those who may not be familiar with your work and may not sort of understand grit or have a particular understanding of grit, what is your research? And when you say grit, what exactly do you mean? When I say grit, I mean that aspect of character that encourages us to be passionate about what we're doing and persevering over very, very long time periods. So both passion and perseverance for long-term goals. And so grit means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and particularly in high-achieving communities or for people who have really ambitious goals, sometimes they're they will pursue their goals under the guise of being gritty at the expense of personal health, mental health and well-being, relationships with peers or friends. You know, How would you respond to someone who understands grit in that way, which sounds different from the way you mean it? I think when people are doing things that uh, really harm themselves and and others in the long term, and and what I mean by that is, you know, uh, not giving your friends your attention, uh, not taking care of your health, not sleeping enough, um, you know, feeling really bad about yourself because of of failures, then I don't think you're you're actually being gritty because grit is about long term stamina, and nobody can keep that up in the long term. And nobody should want to keep that up. So the magic of grit isn't, you know, pulling all-nighters and being a crazy person. I think the magic of grit is knowing where you're going and being a hard worker but taking breaks uh, and and having stamina. And part of that is um, a little bit of give and flexibility in the system. So I don't want to make it sound easy. I know that high-achieving kids are balancing a lot of things, and I don't want to say that I have an answer to make it easy, but it's not at all about really killing yourself. And I think it's very much about you know trying to do something well, but forgiving yourself uh, for your imperfections and for all the things that you can't do in order to have that stamina in the long run. Yeah. So anytime, and perhaps this is a reappropriation of grit fits in here in some way as well, but anytime an idea or a person sort of like 
rises or gains attention in the public sphere, it's also it's often met at least in some sense with critique, right, or criticism. And so I wonder for for you and for this work around grit, that has absolutely been the case. And so I wonder if there's critique that you receive that you feel like has really been helpful for you, but also a critique that's out there that you feel like maybe isn't accurate or isn't fair mm-hmm. or that you feel like is worth sort of responding to or clarifying in this opportunity for whoever's sort of listening here. Just today, I was exchanging emails with my friend and my colleague, Adam Grant, who's also a psychologist and, like me, uh, writes books, um, or actually he writes books, plural. I wrote one. Um, But I I just uh, was emailing him about criticism, and I said, you know, one thing that you've taught me, Adam, um, though I'm still trying to learn my lesson, but he's trying to teach me, to take criticism um, in the best and noblest way possible, which is to truly listen for what element of that criticism is honest. Um, and can make you better. And I think me, like everyone else, I have a tendency to be defensive and to want to say, look, I'm right. Uh, Everything I've said, I stand by. But I must be wrong. I mean, I can't be right about everything. Um, And so can I listen to that criticism with humility? I think for the criticisms that I would count as um, fair would be people who say, well, what about opportunity and poverty and racism uh, and all those structural things that really are not about an individual's grit, but about society and really be beyond the grid of any person. Uh, And I think that criticism of grid is completely valid. And I think that if we put a spotlight on grit and somehow it throws into darkness all those other things that absolutely 100% matter, then uh, then we will actually have taken a step backward instead of a step forward. So that I completely agree in terms of those critiques. In terms of critiques where I think like, uh, I don't know if I so agree with it, I would say that when people simplify what I say or the message to, well, just work harder. Um, uh, that's never been what my message was. Um, when, when parents say, well, um, I know you uh, say grit is good, and that's why I didn't let my daughter quit piano. Uh, I never, ever said that. Um, part of the message of grit is that the child or the grown-up has to love what they do, so they can't love something that their parents are simply forcing them to do. So criticisms are not always easy to listen to, but I think in many cases, um, Angela Duckworth is trying to learn from them. Yeah. So this is great. I, for the, the podcast audience, I should uh, now read my next question, which was, do you worry at all about grit being used to defend a meritocratic ideal in the United States that doesn't really exist, right? Which I think is what you were just responding to, that it could potentially be used to place responsibility unfairly on individuals and ignore important systemic inequities in American society. And I just wonder, you obviously just addressed that, but maybe say a bit more about how you think about this sort of individual responsibility within a system that we know sort of privileges and advantages certain groups and individuals more than others. We do not live in a world that is uh, as fair as I would like it to be. And, um, you know, I even think of my own two kids and the privileges that they have. You know, when my daughter says, oh, I'd, I'd like my hard thing maybe to become, you know, being a pastry chef. 
you know, two phone calls later, she's doing an internship in one of the best restaurants in Philadelphia. Well, that's because she's a child of privilege, right? And there's so many children who might have the same inclination who didn't have a mother with those connections uh, and those advantages. So I absolutely think that we don't live in a society where all children uh, or adults are getting their their fair shot, to quote Hamilton, um, uh, at changing their own lives or the or the world around them. Um, so so that I think is. Uh, true. At the same time, let me uh, just channel my inner Ta-Nehisi Coates. So I end my book with uh, a real kind of homage to Ta-Nehisi Coates, who to me is one of the um, greatest thinkers and writers. Uh, he's influenced me in my work, and I um, called him, actually, after my New York Times book review that said, Angela Duckworth seems to turn um, a blind eye or a deaf ear to structural inequality and opportunity. She's kind of a pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps person. And I said to Ta-Nehisi Coates, like, oh my gosh, this so bothers me. Um, and actually he said, look, uh, I have spent a lot of my life worrying about structural problems and I continue to do so, but I have a child. And if you ask me what I say to my own child in my own home, I say that uh, these things are true, that life is not fair uh, and it should be more fair and you should work toward that. At the same time, you need to work hard. At the same time, you need to put your arms around that which you can put your arms around, and you should do something. So there's no easy answer here. I think that uh, at the same time as we say, let's see what we can do, uh, we should acknowledge those things uh, over which we don't have control. Yeah. So this idea of hard work is... And, and sort of passion. Is there something that Angela Duckworth could be grittier about than <laughs> she is right now? Is there something that Angela Duckworth could be grittier about? Well, I always think there's room for growth. Um, you know, some of the um, things that I'm sure some people who are listening who can you know, consider themselves pretty gritty already, you know, I think that this might resonate with them. Sometimes Angela Duckworth needs to take a break, right? So so sometimes on a Saturday morning, instead of diving right back into my email and the four things I was supposed to do that I didn't quite get done, sometimes uh, I should be going to yoga, you know? Like, sometimes I should just take a walk with my husband. And I actually, I think, in the very long run, uh, I'll be more productive and happier if I do those things, even if in the short run there is a cost to my productivity. So I think what I'm working on really is the true long-term stamina uh, that requires balance and requires rest and requires a kind of goof-off time. And I, I will admit that I'm not really good at those things uh, yet. So what, this is the last question. One of the really great things about a residential community like Phillips Academy is that you get to see the different dimensions of people, right? It's that the person is the, who's the student in my class might also be the resident in my dorm or the you know forward on the soccer team, or you may just see them on a Saturday afternoon sort of passing on campus or at some sort of uh, event that you wouldn't get that experience in a lot of other settings. And one of the things I've really enjoyed about the brief time that we've been able to spend together up to this point is that uh, it's been a chance, it's given me a chance to see the multiple dimensions of you, at least a little bit, and more than just sort of Angela Duckworth and grit. So I wonder if you could just share What's something right now that really interests you that actually has nothing to do <laughs> with grit and is actually just sort of what you're excited about or what you're passionate about or what you're thinking about when you're not 
sort of probably that person or thinking about that thing that at least Google, right, <laughs> yeah. and everybody else probably first associates you with. You know, I often think that, you know, people are two-dimensional until they're three-dimensional, right? Until you see them in the supermarket or, you know, you see what they're like when they have a bad cold or, you know, oftentimes this happens when you travel with someone, you're like, oh, now you are super three-dimensional. Um, and uh, and that makes us human when we, you know, kind of pop out into real life. So uh, the thing that you won't see in a two-dimensional TED Talk is that um, I have these two kids. I'm married to this guy named Jason. Uh, my daughters uh, are really mostly what I do when I I'm not doing grit and when I'm not doing character lab and you know we uh, have dinner together we're all really into food and so we talk a lot about our food and you know we debate which bagel in Philadelphia is better than which other bagel and is this one too bready and like how do we feel about poppy seeds and you know there's nothing very glamorous about it and actually I don't think there's anything unusual about it but you know uh, we are three-dimensional and I lose my temper sometimes and I you know forget my keys and I think that um, part of what I would love to to say to really everyone who has had this experience of, you know, seeing a two-dimensional TED Talk or like reading a snippet on the internet is that, you know, behind every quote and and even the people we don't like so much, you know, we read about them on the internet and we spend a lot of time hating uh, them is that they are three-dimensional I and mean, they're people and they have breakfast and, you know, they, uh, you know, sometimes have insomnia. Um, and, and I think all those imperfections and all those um, things that they do that connect us to them as just other human beings. Uh, I love your question because it's so easy in today's culture to forget that, um, but it's something I'm trying to remember. Excellent. Well, I just, on behalf of sort of everybody here at Phillips Academy, uh, thank you for your visit. It's sort of just started. We're about to uh, head over to the keynote address, but I think people yeah. are already sort of excited and inspired, whether they're the adults who work on campus or the students who we just had dinner with. Um, and that's a testament, not just to the work you do, but also the way you carry yourself and who you are with the people here. So thank you very much. Thank you, Noah, and thank you, Phillips Academy, for having me. Thank you. Every Quarter is produced by the Office of Communication at Phillips Academy in Andover and made possible by a grant from the Abbott Academy Fund, continuing Abbott's tradition of boldness, innovation, and caring. Like what you've heard? Spread the word. Share EQ with friends and connect with us using the hashtag EveryQuarterPodcast. You can also find us at podcast.andover.edu. Thanks for listening. I'm Jesse Wollner. Mm-hmm.